Welcome to the Kinder Lights Podcast. It's all about raising the profile of early learning and celebrating wonderful kindergarten educators as they share stories of their highs, lows, and some of the wild fun in between. You'll hear unvarnished truths and advice about teaching in kindergarten learning spaces shared by educators who are lights of hope, joy, and love for their students. And now, here's your host, a man who spent the final three years of his 30-year career as a kindergarten teacher, Chris Quinn. Hello and welcome to all Kinder Lights podcast listeners. I am so excited to be welcoming Teresa Holleran to the podcast. Teresa is my fourth guest on the podcast and she is living and teaching in Virginia. Teresa Holleran is a passionate and dedicated teacher who has enjoyed a 32-year career in public schools, and she's still going strong. Wow. Currently, she's in her sixth year of pre-kindergarten teaching. Previous to this, she served for 12 years as a first-grade teacher and for 14 years as a kindergarten teacher. She brings an incredible wealth of early years teaching to our podcast discussion today. It is my privilege and honor to welcome Teresa to the Kinder Lights podcast. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you. I'm honored that you asked me to come. Thank you. Okay, well, let's get started. And I'll start by um, just outlining the format for our discussion. And it's driven by our LIGHTS acronym. So for each letter, it references something from the educator's early years or kindergarten experiences. So Teresa, we'll begin with L. And L stands for laugh, a humorous moment or something that has made you smile in your experience. Okay, well, um, when I was first teaching, early teaching, I'll never forget this moment. We were outside at recess and they were playing with balls and jump ropes and things. And this was kindergarten. And um, this little girl wanted to play with me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to roll this ball to you. I need you to keep your eye on the ball so you're ready. And she did. She kept her eye on that ball as it rolled right by her because I forgot to tell her that she needs to stop it. So all I said was keep your eye on the ball. And she did. She watched it roll right by her. So that taught me mm, they are very literal in this world of four and five-year-olds. And that was my laugh. Teresa, that's great. What a great way to start. And I absolutely understand what you're saying about literal interpretations. When we're working with children that young, absolutely. What you say is like gold to them and they follow it word for word. Absolutely. That's a great start. Uh, The second letter in our acronym is I, and that stands for interest or something that interests you most about kindergarten. And you have lots of experience to draw on here. So I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you. My I for interest is social emotional learning. I am finding today that children have some big emotions that I need to help them manage and give them the tools they need to be able to handle them. So I have a bag in my classroom that has keep calm and breathe, and they can go to that bag anytime. And inside is a artificial flower and a candle. 
So they smell the flower and blow out the candle. And I tell them to do that as much as you need four or five times so that they can get, I call it, into the driver's seat. Because in order to learn, your blood needs to be at your prefrontal cortex, which in pre-K land, that's called the driver's seat. So I'm very interested in SEL and managing these, teaching them, giving them tools to manage these big emotions they have. Teresa, I just want to follow up with you on that uh, as far as SEL is concerned. And I'm not sure if it's just a result of the pandemic, but have you found that that's come more to the forefront in education today? Well, I feel in pre-K world, it's always been because we're the first other adult in their life that has um, told a child, no, they can't do this, or I'm sorry, but that's not safe, you know? So, and then there's a reaction to that hearing no. In upper grades, I have noticed that because of the pandemic, you have kids who haven't been in school for 18 months, and they may be physically in fourth grade, but emotionally, they're still in second grade. And um, so there's a lot of adjusting that has to do and a lot of time that needs to be given to these children so that they can like reestablish how to do school and how to make friends and how to work together when they've been isolated for 18 months. And I agree with you. The social emotional state of our children is, is of utmost importance. And if that isn't our greatest priority, as far as learning is concerned, it just doesn't happen as well or as effectively. And I also really appreciate, Teresa, when you talked about, um, you know, smell the flower and blow out the candle. Young children can really relate to that. And that really makes sense. And so it makes it so much easier to, to bring them back into, as you described it, that driver's seat. The third letter in our acronym is G. And that's a gaff or a gasp. So it can be a personal blunder or kind of a shocking moment from something you've experienced as an early years teacher. The gas moment was one year I had twins and they were very, very identical. And one had a little birthmark on her cheek, but that was the only indicator for me to be able to identify them. All the time when they would raise their hand or want to talk to me, I'd have to look at their face and like physically turn her head to say, let me see which one you are in my brain, because I could not tell them apart. Well, I would just call them the wrong name all the time. <laughs> I'm with you. I've been there a couple of, in fact, two or three different years in my teaching career. I had identical twins in the classroom, and I can definitely appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next letter is H, and that's a highlight. So given your years of experience, especially in and around the kindergarten years, um, what's something that's kind of it stands out for you as a highlight? Well, this happened three years ago. I was inspired by a, my son's soccer team. And before a game, they would touch a saying on the wall that said, find a way. That meant that every time they got on their field, they were going to find a way to make a goal or to win. So that stuck with me for a long time. And I thought, I want my students to find a way to choose kind and be kind. So I put a sign out front the door of my classroom and every single time we left the room 
and came back into the room, they would choose kind, be kind. And they said those words, choose kind, be kind. And they touched those words, choose kind, be kind. And I put it on Twitter, this little video snippet, and the local TV station picked it up. And they came and interviewed me at school. It was kind of exciting. All I was is just trying to teach four-year-olds that your words matter and what you do with your body matters. And we should choose kind and be kind to each other. I saw that Twitter clip. That was very exciting. What a wonderful way to teach children about the importance of kindness. A simple thing uh, in terms of them reaching out and touching it and seeing it. But those words, and the great thing is, those words were always there for so long to remind them of that. They would see that daily, right? And experience that daily. And then, of course, our hope would be that as a result of seeing that and being reminded of it, that that would pay off in terms of how they interacted with each other, both in the classroom and how they interacted outside of the classroom with others as well. Well, I'm not touching it now because of COVID. We don't touch it. But um, I do look for it every day. I have a bucket in my classroom. And um, I don't know if you've heard of the story. Have you filled a bucket today? And so whenever I see or hear kindness, we put a gem in our bucket. And when we fill that bucket, I get donuts. (laughs) We bring donuts (laughs) in. So it's a class goal, but um, I'm looking for it and labeling it all day long. Well, um, the moving on to the T in lights, and the T stands for a tip. So could you offer uh, some words of advice to either, it could be to new teachers, teachers who are maybe new to kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, or to teachers who are experienced as well? First off, I would like to say that we need to show grace to each other and give grace to each other and give grace to these children. And that's a starting point. And the second thing is to start your day with gratitude because it's hard to be grumpy when you're grateful. And those moments will get you through. I don't know if you've read The Zen Teacher by Dan Tricarico, but he talks about gratitude and that first sip of coffee. It tastes wonderful. And if you are very present in the moment with that first sip, You can remember that through the day because if you're busy like teachers are, that first sip of coffee might be the only sip of coffee you get once you get to school. Gratitude and grace. And I feel like teachers need to feel like you are enough. You are enough. You are, you matter, your feelings matter, and you are enough. And we beat ourselves up all the time. We... I know I had a rough day today and I'm driving home and I'm thinking, oh, what could I have done differently? And I've been doing this for a long time and it should be easier than it is. So I had to extend myself some grace. And, you know, we reflect as teachers all the time. We reflect on our practice and we reflect on our lessons and you just have to give yourself some grace because you are human. You are human. I appreciate each of those three things you just talked about. And in particular this year, my sense in in communicating with educators on a fairly regular basis is that stress levels among educators are higher perhaps this year than they have been even earlier in the pandemic. This is is a very challenging time to be an educator, whether you're uh, working as a classroom teacher, administrator, support staff. It's a a very difficult time for a whole multitude of reasons. 
but we need to prioritize ourselves in this as well. We're in the work of service as educators. We serve other people. We serve children. We serve uh, our colleagues. Uh, and in some ways, we're ministering as well to, to the parents of the children that we work with. So I think your suggestion about showing grace to ourselves and to each other, you know, that, that idea that we need to recognize that we need support. We're in this together. We often hear that statement, right? You know, better together. And that we, we need to be patient with each other, kind to each other. And you mentioned that about the, the idea of being thankful for who we are and what we have. Because you're right, we are enough. I am enough. And we need to be reminded of that on a regular basis. We're not perfect. And this is not about toxic positivity we're talking about. But we're reminded that it's so important for us to take time each day. As you mentioned, the Zen teacher, I love that book. The importance of just daily and it can be very brief, but what am I grateful for today? Beginning of day, end of day. And we are, we're reflective practitioners. It's the way I start the day because I, I ask my husband what he's grateful for every morning. And before he leaves to work out, I put a sticky note, three sticky notes on the refrigerator for him to see when he comes home of what I'm grateful for. And then at the end of the day, I ask him if he remembers what I wrote down. But so, uh, yes, it is very important to, to have gratitude and be grateful. And I love that you're making that personal connection to the expressions of gratitude. You talk about what you do in the classroom with the kids, but how important that is that it, it not only affects our professional lives, but it affects our personal lives as well. And that's so important. So thank you for that. Thank you. The last letter in our acronym is S. Can you share with us a saying or a quote that has become or has been for quite a while important to you in your life and in your career? I am not sure if um, people around the world are familiar with the starfish story about the little boy who's walking on the beach and hundreds of starfish have washed the shore and he... Um, is steady chucking them back in the water and an elder man comes up to him and says, what are you doing? And he respectfully says, I'm throwing these sea stars back in the water because if I don't, they're going to die. And the elder man, elderly man says, well, you can't possibly make a difference because there are so many. And the little boy says, as he's throwing one back in the water, I made a difference to that one. So as a teacher, all day, you are making a difference. And if you've had a rough day, you need to stop in that car and you need to think, who did I make a difference to today? Name that one child, one child. And I'll tell, I'll tell this story. This little fifth grader was in the bathroom and his shoes were untied. And I asked him, do you know how to tie your shoes? Well, he probably was embarrassed if he couldn't. He wasn't going to tell me that he couldn't. But I bent down and tied his shoes for him. And I said to him, look, buddy, I'm, you probably know how to tie your shoe, but I'm going to go ahead and do it for you because I do not want you to fall and hurt yourself because I care about you. And whether he thinks I'm crazy pre-K teacher or tying shoes all day long, but I think when I got in that car that day, I thought of that little boy because I might have been the only person that whole day that even noticed that his shoes were untied and told him I cared about him. 
What a beautiful story. Teresa, we talked a, a few minutes ago about the challenges uh, that teachers face on, on a daily basis. I mean, there's so many joys in the day as well, but some of the challenges and some rough days that we have that we experience as educators and the story you just told about that one little boy and, you know, helping with tying of his shoes, it fits so well with the starfish story. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we touch the lives of so many children over um, our careers on any given day to remind ourselves that we do make a difference. And as you said, even if it's only for one child, or we think it's only for one child on a given day, that matters, right? That mattered for that child. (laughs) That mattered for that child on that day in that moment. What a wonderful way, not only to end this episode of our podcast, but to uh, leave us with something that I think on, on, on difficult days will help to buoy us up, to help us to, to feel better about who we are and what we do on, you know, on a daily basis with children. I am so grateful to you, talked about gratitude earlier, but I'm so grateful to you for taking time out of your busy week to be able to talk with me. This is actually a January podcast episode, and we will have just come through Christmas and beginning a whole new year. So I'm delighted that you and I had had this opportunity to have this talk. And hopefully for many of our listeners, this will be a wonderful way to greet a new year, a new calendar year. Um, So just before I wrap up, and once again, thank you, I just want to turn it over to you. And if there's anything else you'd like to share before we close, um, I want to give you a little bit of time to do that. Well, thank you for having me. You just brought tears to my eyes. I'm welling up right now. So thank you so much. Thanks for bringing joy to my heart and all that you've shared. It's been wonderful to engage with you in this conversation and to listen to you share from your heart, Teresa. Well, thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and in our Twitter world, connecting and um, putting a voice to the words that we say to each other through Twitter. That's been great. And I would just like to end by saying that we should not, as teachers, allow anything to steal our joy. And there's joy in those moments, and you sometimes have to look hard, but we shouldn't let anything steal our joy. You've shared some amazing experiences from your your many years in early years education. And I want to wish you well. I want to wish you well as the school year continues and as you continue your teaching learning journey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been our January episode of the Kinder Lights podcast. Please plan to listen to us again at the beginning of February as I bring the podcast back home here and talk to a Canadian early years leader and educator who puts a strong emphasis on the holistic well-being of children in her work. The Kinder Lights podcast can be accessed on my Google webpage. That's sites.google.com slash view slash grateful edu 64. It's also available through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, and Pocket Casts. I can be reached on Twitter at Chris Quinn 64 and or Grateful EDU 64. I'm also accessible through Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kinder Lights podcast. 
Please continue to be a light of hope and kindness, especially for those who need it most.